Oh, hey, girl. It's Tess Rouse and Christina Beattie. We're the co-hosts and creators of Authentically Wild. A podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life, relationships, and your healing journey. So get ready, girl. Shit's about to get wild. In a world that at times can feel isolating, we need to find our way back to creating a sense of community, to establishing deep connections with others, and developing containers of support that aid us in stepping into our best and most expansive selves. In today's episode, we interview Heather, Jacqueline, and Christina, the founders of The Sacred Uprising, an online and in-person community which brings together women in sisterhood and creates a space for truth, connection, and freedom of expression. The episode also touches on the hard truths about female wounds and coming into alignment with ourselves and with others. Hey, 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 hey. Hello. <laughs> We have some special guests on with us today. Yes, we do. Three, in fact, not just one, but three. Three. <laughs> the whole meal deal today. Yeah. <laughs> we have Heather, Christina, and Jacqueline from the Sacred Uprising. And so we're going to be talking to you guys about community and sisterhood and so many things today. Do you guys want to all say hi and introduce yourselves? Hey, thanks so much <laughs> for having us. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Both Christina's, of course. <laughs> Christina. <laughs> this is the other Christina. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's so great to have you guys on because Tess and I have been talking for a while. We've known that we wanted to have you guys on for a while now. And I was introduced to your community, I think it's been a couple months now, but Tess was the one that actually connected me to you guys because I was like, oh, I'm looking for a community. I want to get together with women who live from their souls. And <laughs> and I found them. Like what <laughs> you guys, what you guys are doing is ugh, so, so amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're just really grateful to have you guys on the pod today and um and yeah, just share with the world everything that you guys are doing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe we could start with um, kind of like an intro into the women of the Sacred Uprising and just how this all came together. How did you three meet? Like, how did that start? And then I guess from there, how did the Sacred Uprising come to be? You know, I love this question so much. It's probably my favorite thing. I love our story so much. Um, and we truly did come together in such a divine, a divine way. Uh, we individually um, and seemingly at the same time heard this call and we answered it. And, you know, this call for connection this call for sisterhood and to gather really and a little bit of backstory I had met both Jacqueline and Heather in 2021 separately Mm -hmm. and I met Heather um, at my work at my place of work and um, at the time in the world things were really wild and crazy and you know she walked into an establishment without a mask And at that time, that was a really bold, brave act because, yeah, it wasn't always well-received that somebody was making 
a choice for their body that, you know, didn't feel aligned for other people. So I immediately saw her and we immediately connected. And then shortly after we connected, I was invited to a secret sister circle at her mm-hmm. house. And then I was like, yes, you are my person. <laughs> um, and, you know, so that's sort of how uh, my relationship with Heather uh, developed. And then separately, so my relationship with uh, Jacqueline, I met her in 2021. And the third time that we spent time together, we were, we went away on a, like a sacred sister girls weekend. And the reason why we were going away was again, because the times of the world were really wild and there were mandates and there were regulations that didn't allow certain people who weren't taking a certain medical procedure. Um, they weren't even allowed into, so there, these mandates weren't allowing people into restaurants. And I mean, so many places, but restaurants being one of them. And we just wanted to have a beautiful dinner. It's been a long time mm-hmm. and we wanted to gather and we wanted to be together. And so we had this really beautiful weekend and we had, you know, we had a chef come in and, you know, cook us mm. this like four course meal. And there was five of us and um, we plunged. It was my first time plunging with Jacqueline, which was, whoa, um, that was an initiation yes. for sure. And I had been wanting to do it for so long. And then, you know, even as we went to this cold river, I still, you know, and we were walking in bare feet. I was getting my, it, it was so cold, you know, <laughs> it was so cold and walking to this river, I still didn't know. And then, you know, being there with my sisters and in that support, I was like, I can do this. I saw, you know, I witnessed her go in and be fine and not die. <laughs> and, you know, going in and plunging, that was just such a powerful, such a powerful thing. And then, you know, later that night we had this circle and I, as I was leading this circle, I, re- there was this moment where we all had this realization. And I remember this moment that Jacqueline was like, Oh my God, we need more circle. Like we, <laughs> We need more of this. We need to gather. This is the medicine. In that moment, Jacqueline and I, and this was like our third time spending time together. And that connection was just so strong, like immediately. And we were like, let's, let's plan something. And we had planned to do this cold plunge and we would circle and it would be a thing. And this is what we were going to do. And it was this thing that had come up in circle. And after this beautiful weekend where this portal seemed to have opened, I came back and although Heather might not have physically been there, it's almost as if she clearly was because within days, um, Heather had mess- messaged me. And again, like we weren't like super close, like we had still had just really developed our relationship. And she felt this call to message me and be like, hey, do you want to plan a cold plunge? And I was like, okay, what? <laughs> what? What do you mean? What did you hear? Where were you? <laughs> the fact that she had messaged me and and had felt this call as well to to a do a cold plunge and it had already we had already decided that this was happening so it almost felt like at the same time we all had this call to to gather the cold plunge would be the way to to get people there that felt the felt if others felt called and I really felt at that time a lot a lot of people were feeling called to cold plunge and we felt this this call that sisters really 
wanted to to gather. There was a lot of people who felt alone and isolated and not accepted. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it felt like a really heavy time, but also this deep desire from the collective that that we wanted to, to gather in sisterhood. And the cold plunge was a way to, to do this and get people together. And so I was, you know, I was like, well, me and Jacqueline are already planning this, like, let's do this. And then we came together and planned this cold plunge at the beginning of January of 2021. And Heather had this great idea, let's bring in a sauna. So we had this beachside sauna and cold plunge. And between the three of us, we thought, hey, if, you know, maybe 20 of our sisters come, that would be amazing. And it ended up being like 50. Like we actually had to cap it at 50 because mm-hmm. we, we still wanted to maintain that intimacy. Um, and it was all grassroots. Um, that was really important to me. It was like, I don't think like, that's, we're not, that's not post this on social media. Like this is just something like how many people can we connect with um, that are really feeling this call as well. And if this feels aligned, like, let's go, let's do this, let's gather. And um, so it was just, that was how it all started, really. And then um, from there, it just snowballed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think Heather, right from the get-go, was like, this needs to be bigger. Like, let's create this online platform, like, almost, like, immediately. And we have just continually shown up together and you know even each one of our relationships it's all fairly fairly new but also so deep and so ancient as well we we truly believe that we had a soul contract and this is the time that we were brought together to make things happen on earth at this time yeah and and you know i hear you i hear you guys talk about these pieces of within your relationship with each other, there's connection, there's sisterhood, there's truth, freedom of expression. And it's like, you found this with each other, within your relationships with each other first, and then created something from it that was needed. And I really do feel like when something is like, when something becomes organically successful fast, it's because it's like grassroots. It's like in the foundation. And then the external world realizes, yes, we need that. We need that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it's, and I feel that when I'm within the community with, with you guys, that is the energy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just so interesting to hear how, and, and I mean, Tess and I resonate with this. This is how we came to be. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like also fairly new, our relationship, but man, is it deep and rich and powerful, you know, aside from this energy that, that I have felt in this community that you guys offer, what are, like, what are some of the types of things that you guys offer? You talk about the cold plunging, which I'm excited to do at the end of April with you guys, but what other things, you know, for somebody who's interested in something like this, what are the other types of activities that you guys offer? Yeah, like Christina said that we we started with that first, well, we call it a wild plunge, and it was really wild. <laughs> and I feel like that that really catapulted the sacred uprising, because I, I think at that point, the three of us had no idea at what, Christina says I had a bigger vision, and I that bigger vision didn't happen, I feel like, until I was at the, the wild plunge. 
And I saw how many sisters needed this. Like there was women that came to that, not knowing anyone, like there was, Mm. you know, and that was so beautiful that they were like, that they felt so strongly that they were willing to show up in January with 50 other women Mm. (laughs) to jump into the Pacific ocean. Like, you know, that's how much they needed this, this space, the sacred container. So it was in that sacred container that I feel like the my glass ceiling for this just kind of exploded with the with the sacred uprising so we and everyone kept going like hey what's next what's next and the three of us were like we hadn't planned class past today this was this was the start for us so from from there we started planning more events and it was always very much grounded in sisterhood and sacredness and we we did another cold plunge. We did another wild plunge. We did an ocean release sound healing outside. And we did a bunch of other just or a couple of other in-person gathering. But what I, I, I felt especially call, I think having like the, the nutrition background that I do as well, just having this the sovereign living piece as well was really big for me. We were all, you know, the, the women that were being drawn to us had this beautiful gift of sight for seeing the crazy truths of the world at that time. And it didn't always feel like a gift. Obviously it it sometimes was really hard and isolating, which is one of the first reasons why we created this. But then it was also with, with the systems we were seeing kind of breaking down, Mm -hmm. we didn't want to just create a space for safety. We wanted to create a space for thriving so where where these women could come and like learn to thrive even amongst the broken systems and be empowered with different tools and stuff that we wanted to learn. So I think our first, our, uh, one of the next in-person gatherings that we did, I did a fermentation circle that was, we were, you know, women gathering outside in this beautiful backyard and just like stuffing cucumbers into jars and like but then also dancing we had like you know like like we had a sunset dance and like so we kept it very sacred and so we've from from then we've we've made a very intentional effort to have this balance between sovereign living and sacredness Mm -hmm. so we've gone into now having like a chinese medicine doctor lead us in medicine making workshops and um, we have a foraging of gathering that we're going to do coming up. But then we also have like moon ceremonies. So there's this there's this balance that we're really trying to to keep with with all of the gatherings and all of the events that we're doing. And we do our in-person gatherings like those are I think will always be there. Like I don't think we're ever going to be a community that's 100 percent online like that just does not resonate for us. There's such power in sharing mm-hmm. physical space with uh with our sisters and uh so with with that like we created our online village community which happened i think like just in october so that was something that kind of happened part way through we created the online community and that was meant to just kind of grow deeper roots together 
to be like, okay, we have these like cool in-person gatherings, but what about the in-between? And what about the beyond that? And what about the relationships that want to be cultivated because of those in-person gatherings? And so there's a couple of different tiers onto that membership. There's a free tier that has like an aligned business directory and a marketplace and a chat and, and all of these things. But then there's also our village membership that then has like moon, moon ritual calls. And we do a bonus workshop like every, I call it a bonus, but it's pretty much every every month <laughs> um, where it's, you know, it's, it, and again, it's grounded in between this. We we make sure we balance it between, you know, sovereign to, sovereign living and sacredness. So um, we have a garden planning, you know, one. But then we have Christina coming on Thursday and she's doing yeah. a record. So we love to get woo woo in there, too. And, you know, with all of that, that thing. So we got a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> this is so expanding, I think, for me and probably for my in quotations christina as well because even after our first in-person workshop a few um weeks ago we sort of got the same questions what's next what when are you guys doing like an overnight retreat when and we were like oh okay wow (laughs) so i think like it's just so expanding to hear you guys say this and how much you know success and just how deeply this has resonated in this this sisterhood community that you have created i guess one of the questions that comes up when you guys are talking just especially for listeners would you say that your membership ranges from people who are just curious and like literally have like no sort of um, feet into spirituality but they're like hey i'm looking for connection and community all the way to people who have maybe been on their journey for years and and how does that play out i feel like it would be a lot of people mentoring other people there would be people there to ask questions to yeah I I feel like it's definitely a mix like we have some that are full on like we have astrologers and you know like you know that are definitely more in into that that their their spiritual journeys are a bit further along and then we have some women who have never attended like a moon ritual and they're like you have moon rituals what the heck are these Mm -hmm. and you know and have never thought that wait a minute how empowering is it to like every two weeks to take just like a sacred pause and ground into that energy and ground into yourself so it's definitely I feel like it's just for open like women that are open and they're feeling the call that there's something more there's something more just than the day to day. There's something deeper and more sacred to, to everything. Yeah. And, and I love this piece about the empowerment because, you know, this is something I resonate big time with clients that I work with as well. It's, you know, when we can give all of these different tools, you know, for you guys, whether it's learning how to build a garden or, I guess I don't even know if I'm going to say it right, canned vegetables or, or even learning more about the medical system and how to navigate through that. Like these are all such important tools to build that power within us. And that's really what at least I'm finding this journey is all about. It's taking back our power and finding what really resonates for each of us. And that's how we learn to, to just expand to our fullest expression here. And so I just love that no matter where somebody is at on their journey, they can take something from what you guys are doing because it's all about, you know, cultivating that within ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we have some women in the community that are really into like the, you know, the growing the garden, the fermenting of the foods and like all of that. And then some women are just like way more into like, I just want to come to a moon circle yeah. and just like, you know, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. Like, and it's all about empowerment and standing in your sovereignty mm-hmm. is a, a big piece of it. Just to even piggyback off of that question, actually moving into this next piece around, you know, Christina, you've talked a bit about your your journey, the three of you connecting together and then creating this sacred uprising community. But I guess, you know, I'm curious, I think, because this is this is an area I'm stepping into as well. And I wonder, too, for listeners who maybe are, you know, a bit like, oh, what 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 did she mean? Like fermenting our vegetables and, and having moon ritual ceremonies, you know, when it sounds like each of you were sort of already like well on your journey, where maybe Christine, you mentioned like third date, you guys are cold plunging in your mm-hmm. bare feet. That sounds like, hey, we're there. We're there together. Whereas I'm sure most people's, you know, third dates in, in their new meeting of friends or hey we went for starbucks <laughs> or whatever <laughs> so i i'm just wondering a little bit if you could tell us a bit about you know as you each began your journeys even made pre-sacred uprising and but also as you created this group and then actually started posting online and getting more into you know social media and being exposed to lots of different audiences i'm sure your own personal ones within you know your family and you know other friendship realms how did that go for you did people react and respond like what are you guys doing especially in in the times of 2020 to 2022 which you guys have a alluded to, I'm sure there was a lot of opinions about that, but also just in terms of like, what do you mean you got 50 women together and you guys jumped in a cold leg? Like, what are you guys doing? Okay. Starting off like close to home, my husband has been super supportive the whole time. He's like our number one fan. Uh, he is. He's always like, yeah, you go to your sacred uprising meeting. He has been super supportive. My mom and sister have been great. And then all of our close friends that we've met in the last two years who are like-hearted have been incredibly supportive. Like they want to come to all the events. A lot of them are, have joined our village, our online community on there. So it's just, it's incredible to see the abundance of support. Mm. And in the past, like I have another Instagram account that I, I haven't even shared about the sacred uprising on there. Cause it's still like, I don't know who's really following me on there. So I don't know if it's exactly safe. Hmm. Trying to keep the sacred uprising safe. <laughs> like everyone who is following on our Instagram account, it just seems like they're so supportive and in alignment. So I think I personally need to get through some stuff so that I feel comfortable sharing it on my Brave and Free Adventures account. Mm -hmm. Something that I'm still going through. But yeah, uh, as of like the last year, no one has said anything. We haven't received any negative comments or we haven't even, I don't, I feel like we just keep gaining followers, like so much support. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I'm so glad to hear that for you guys. And Jacqueline, I feel like our husband should meet because <laughs> he's like my number one fan. He's like yeah. constantly yeah. asking. So that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I guess like for, for Heather or Christina, what about you guys in, in your personal lives? Like, have there been any like relationships that you've had to let go of due to sort of this new community you're forming or this new path you're venturing down, like bringing women together in their sovereignty and doing moon rituals and all of that? Has there been pushback for you guys uh, in your personal lives or within your, you know, your previous friendships? For them, like it's, it's, 
It's kind of interesting. I feel like I, in the last three years, due to a number of truths that I speak out and just like the way I'm living, I feel like there are some friendships that just mm. weren't in the same vibration anymore. And not that there was an obvious like breaking through, but definitely there's some relationships that I feel like have just moved on. Mm -hmm. and um nothing was really said or done and there is like a bit of you know there's a bit of grieving that comes with that but there also is um you know I just an acceptance of it that it's just like I now that I really understand soul contracts and things that I know some of our soul contracts are just meant to be for shorter periods and some go on for a lifetime mm -hmm. um something that I did that has been a I think like a bigger journey for me in creating the sacred uprising is that the three of us very obviously, like even though we weren't the three of us all together, the moment we heard the call, like as Christina explained, like the three of us heard this call, we answered it. And we all three of us feel so calm. Like we are just like living in alignment right now with this work. Like we feel just so strongly about that. And we have felt uh, and noticed that some, or, and this is my sort of my interpretation of it, but I think for others, like, I think everyone's getting calls, like everyone's getting calls, but you don't always answer them. And when you don't answer a call and things are feeling funky in terms of a slight out of alignment, and then you're watching other people that are fully in their alignment. And I think I've been on the other end of this before as well. Like if I really dove back, I'm sure I have been. When you're watching someone else that's like answered their call and and fully living in alignment, that's not always easy. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think you realize that's what's happening. Like when you're when you're getting triggered by that or getting you're you're feeling the vibration that's that's off alignment. I don't know if that's making sense at all, but absolutely. Think, yeah. The the I mean, in particular, I felt that a little bit with some relationships that I thought were in full alignment, but then noticing, you know, whether it's jealousy or other things kind of coming up, other things that are that are happening with that. And I think, yeah, that's that's sort of what I've when I've really sat with it and meditated on it. I feel like that might be what's happening mm -hmm. is that is when you're watching someone that's not you know, that's full and and you haven't, and you're still kind of figuring something out or you, maybe your body and your soul knows you've missed the call or not, you know, I don't think mm -hmm. you ever missed the call, but I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely. But, yeah. A bit yeah. of projection and, and envy and, and whatnot. And the reason I'm, I'm kind of pushing you guys on this question is because, you know, I think there are women out there who, oh, isn't there more to this? Uh, you know, and maybe then they, disclose to a close friend like hey i'm gonna go do this like plunge and and then they receive maybe criticism or pushback mm -hmm. in exact the exact manner you're speaking of there and i i want listeners to understand that this isn't just happening to you this happens to everyone i always say like change doesn't always inspire people it actually confronts them as well and that can be just changes you're making in your own life and so mm -hmm. i think for people to really you know dive deep into their own world like if this feels right to you if you feel called to go try this moon circle or whatever you know holistic modality foraging do it don't care about what other people think because it's actually less of a judgment towards you and more of a judgment onto themselves that they're projecting at you so i think it's just you know and then you're gonna find sort of like what jacqueline was alluding to a whole you're gonna basically relationships are gonna fall away and these other ones are gonna meet that are much more in alignment and you're gonna have like a cheerleading partner behind you right so 
I think that's really inspiring yeah. to to hear. Yeah. Yeah. At this time, like, I feel like I've never felt like I had more of a community of aligned women around me. And it's just from just like living in alignment. That's who you attract Mm -hmm. with it. Absolutely. I want to come back to this sisterhood piece, because I think it's an important topic for us to explore, especially you mentioned the jealousy piece there. Mm -hmm. But before we do, you know, grief is something that we've talked a lot about on the podcast. And especially when it comes to grieving relationships and grieving phases of our life or chapters. You know, what you guys are doing is really stepping outside of the box that society has really constructed for us for so many decades and centuries. And there's a lot of bravery within that. And I think, you know, when I hear you say you're answering the call, there's a lot of fulfillment in that. I know that call. But what do you do on the days where you question that? Or maybe you don't question it, but what do you do on the days where you do feel that contrast? What are some of the tools? Because I think for listeners, again, how Tess said, we all experience this, but we're human. So what do we do on those days when maybe we doubt ourselves or question that? Because I feel like my journey with this started like really strongly 11 years ago when I was I had my first like when I had my first child and, you know, making these choices that were far from conventional and, and certainly receiving a lot of, um, I don't know if it was pushback, a lot of misunders, like people felt like people didn't understand me, didn't, didn't necessarily, um, yeah, understand why I was making these choices and um, that, absolutely can be hard so I feel like my journey with with this 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 um this piece around not really being understood or supported is I think what you're asking in a way what are some like tools some reason I keep choosing to show up regardless and I think that's a big piece around too of like the discomfort like showing up even even if it's uncomfortable like cold plunging it's rewiring um, and, and showing up even when it's uncomfortable and then knowing after that you didn't die, that you are still safe, that you are okay. And doing these things that feel uncomfortable and in alignment, like if they were not in alignment, it's uncomfortable, don't do it. But if they're in alignment, and even if it feels really uncomfortable, because I feel like as, you know, humans, we want to, we want to be accepted. And I feel like that's almost like this basic need of ours in a way to be um, accepted. And that's why I feel like community and sisterhood is so important and a big piece of, you know, what we're up to with the sacred uprising is building this safe, supportive sisterhood where we, we feel, we feel understood or we feel held, even if, and open to to hearing and listening. Um, and so some of the tools I think for me is, I mean, certainly, you know, it sounds so cliche, but meditation is a big one and checking in and showing up. Speaking your truth. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the biggest tool because, okay, personally for me, because this all really started for me about almost 10 years ago too. But I was so secretive about all of it. Like mm-hmm. the 
the choice to not vaccinate my kids. Like I didn't want to tell anyone that it was like my deepest, darkest secret or like diving into spirituality. That was another secret that I didn't even tell my husband at first. I didn't tell my family. Like I was like, I can't tell anyone that I have an intuition that I'm like reading these <laughs> books about spirituality because if they found out, they'd think that I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> talking to other women about it and then finding someone else who had who's also diving into their intuition and spirituality or finding another parent that chose to like hold off on the vaccine schedule or not do it at all I'm like oh my gosh I can't believe that I'm not alone Mm -hmm. I thought that I was alone this whole time because for me I did I felt like I was alone for almost like eight years where I, I didn't find anyone but it's because I kept it a secret if I had mm-hmm. spoken my truth earlier, I would have found my people so much earlier. And I think that is really important to like, mm-hmm. and that's what I started doing on my other account. I decided to start speaking up about how I felt about everything that's been going on for the last couple of years. And people were coming to me. Sure. I, I received so much hate, so much <laughs> horrible, horrible hate, but like, the people that I kept doing it because of all the people who were sending me direct messages saying, Oh my gosh, like I felt so alone. Thank Mm -hmm. you for speaking your truth. And like that pushed me to keep going further and like keep going. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that is such an important tool. Like as scared as it's, it's very scary to speak your truth and to tell people how you really feel about everything, but Mm -hmm. that's how you find your people. Yeah, I love that. It's like being a lighthouse. You got to turn the light on for the boats to find yeah. you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Shine your light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, you know, I, I love how within all of the pieces you guys talk about here, there's an element of discomfort, you know, mm-hmm. but that's really what this is about. Like we, from what I have experienced, our souls didn't come here to have an easy ride. Like our mm-hmm. souls came here to experience the contrast because that's how we expand. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you were kind of asking for tool, like I agree with all of that. And then, and Christina alluded to this with meditation, but like for me having just my practices of whatever that looks like really does keep me grounded. And I'm pretty like religious with my, with my practices and it shifts depending on what's going on. But like right now it's like, I wake up, I do 45 minutes of Kundalini and now I go outside and I journal. That might be five minutes of journaling. Sometimes it's 30 minutes. It depends what happens. Sometimes I get interrupted by a paint covered tiny human, but mm-hmm. you know, like having these, like having practices like that. And honestly, when we started the, the moon rituals, moon ritual calls in our village community, that was more for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, you know, we started it for us because I was like, I want to get consistent with like every new moon, every full moon harnessing in that energy and if we shut you know put it on put it on an event thing and we're showing up to do it and Christina and I both lead them take turns leading them it's like we got to show up and do it then so it's having for me grounding in practices has been really important for me to just hearing my soul whispers and hearing you know feeling those nudges when they when they come and um, staying in alignment for sure and kind of quieting the noise that can sometimes happen Mm -hmm. yeah and I love that and that's that's why I really wanted to 
ask you guys about that piece because I think it's really helpful that, you know, our listeners, I really do think come to the episodes, not only wanting to see the realness in us, but then what do we do with the realness of this experience, right? Like how do we navigate Mm -hmm. through it? Um, You know, so it's just nice to hear that a lot of the things you guys do, I also do, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's so true. Like, like these things are so fundamental to, to making it through this, this crazy experience. Um, But, you know, we talked a little bit and I, I wanted to come back to this piece Heather, you mentioned this element of jealousy that sometimes comes up. And, um, you know, we talked about community and sisterhood. And I want to take some time here to explore a little bit around, like, what does sisterhood mean to you three? But also, because I think, and this is something that I found throughout my life in female relationships. I mean, aside from the one that I have with Tess there have been these harder aspects to the relationships I've had with women that I've really had to heal through intentionally heal through that I know came before this life for me. Like it's like, you know, generational ancestral patterns with women. And so I wonder if you guys could just touch on that a little bit in terms of what, what does sisterhood mean to you, but also what are the things that can sometimes get in the way of that? Mm Hmm. Yeah, the, the speaking to the sisterhood wound, it does run, run deep. And, you know, we have research on this now showing that um, trauma gets can be passed on through DNA. And so, you know, when we think about stuff that our grandmothers and our mothers and our great grandmother, you know, like all of that, like, I think about a lot of all of the stuff that can happen. Like, I think about the stuff that's happened in my life in terms of sisterhood wounds. And then you it, it it stacks up. Um, so I feel like for me in this journey, the, the sisterhood wound has been like, this is a big one for me and what I'm meant to go through and what I'm meant to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a daughter as well. So I'm heal. I feel like I'm healing it for her and me and beyond with that as well. So sisterhood for me, and I'll, I'll let, you know, Jacqueline and Christina speak to it, but it really is about he it's it's kind of diving deep and with that and um you know it's it's about having these sacred containers in which to witness each other's amazing moments and truly celebrate them for each other but then also making space for like the darker moments as well mm-hmm. so that's like that like you know sisterhood isn't always cheersing champagne and having a fun night like though that can be it totally but there is something really raw and real about like you know witnessing the dark night of a soul for another sister and like being there for her and moving I'm gonna cry (laughs) yeah I always know that I'm when I'm speaking my truth is when I (laughs) gosh Heather and I are so so similar (laughs) I'm the crier too Heather it's all good (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) I know like whenever whenever something feels really real for me that's definitely what comes up for me but yeah so I and I think that's that's different than what sisterhood looked like for me even four years ago or five years ago, it was just like, oh, let's go have a fun night, you know, like, so it's, it's different for me, but that's, that's, what's really resonating for me right now with sisterhood. 
Mm. You know, when I hear you talk about the darker pieces, especially witnessing your sister, like, like a sister go through a dark night of the soul. Boy, do we know dark nights of the soul. But mm -hmm. when we can be there in that space with one another and allow ourselves to be seen, witness each other, hold each other and, and be vulnerable. Like there's an intimacy that's built there and trust and safety. Like that's really what it's about. Mm -hmm. you know and not something that I was taught growing up <laughs> mm -hmm. I think if anything it was like projecting like the dark stuff or the negative stuff and so to hear that you guys I'm assuming it sounds like you guys are able to do that with with one another um that's a really beautiful piece and and I only wish every person and especially every woman with another woman could experience that even between the three of us, when we have our business meeting, which we call a visioning circle, we incorporate a circle at the beginning to, to really like express our truth and things that we've been feeling and anything that needs to be said where we can be vulnerable and heard and seen and like feel held just like you had said. And I've never experienced anything like that before. So yeah, we, we recently had one a week ago and we all just felt emotional because just feeling that love, um, it's so rare to feel a sisterhood like that. And it's so incredible that the three of us have like, we've become so close in the last like year. It's been a year really. Now I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> I just I love, love these ladies. <laughs> I love this so much. This is like what Christine and I always joke about. We know each other's core wounds, deepest yeah. secrets, but I'm oh like, gosh. what's your favorite color? Like, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> oh, we don't even talk about that stuff. Yeah. There's yeah. no time. There's no time. <laughs> it's, and it's all interesting. Probably rainbow for all of us. <laughs> I see one behind you, actually. That's so I, funny. Yeah, yeah. All the rainbows. <laughs> and I feel like this, this piece really resonates too because even after Christine and I did our in-person workshop which was all women as well most of those people did not know each other and it was I think very vulnerable for them to come to something like that where like literally our topic was core wounding where we walked mm -hmm. them through a discussion and then you know we did some somatic work with them and did like a full breathwork session and we're like you most of you will probably cry tonight mm -hmm. and just to see how nervous they were but then after the relief on them, even though they probably brought up things they didn't even know were happening for them in their body and their psyche, whatever. It's like they felt this permission to go there because of everyone else around them doing it. And then like no one, you know, was embarrassed after and everyone was like, wow, that was so great. And it was just this like empowerment of togetherness and connectedness that they felt like safe and secure. And I feel like that one event almost like bonded some of those people more than like 20 hangouts previously would have, you know, even though very few words were exchanged between them. It was like being there in that container and mm -hmm. being able to like fully release like something so vulnerable. Right. And so just everything you're saying, I just think, yeah, it's such a, a lost way of, of living. And I think we do need to get back to it. Mm -hmm. One piece that I wanted to add here is just how important circle is in creating a safe container. So 
to me, it's like when we gather in sisterhood and it's like, you know, yeah, we can cheer champagne and this and that. But then it's like, I feel like now I'm at the place where I'm like the juicy stuff is in circle where we can, ah, <laughs> uh, like, like you said, like that, you know, the event that you had where it's, you can be vulnerable and you have this opportunity to share what's on your heart and in the mess, in the muck. And then mm-hmm. also, also celebrate the good things as well. But in circle, you have an opportunity to hold the feather, right? Like, this is my time to share. And my sisters are going to hold space. And I feel like what happens in circle, um, when you can create a really safe container, um, it, it's like what happens in circle is like this practice for what we're doing out in the world and how we hold space and how we are in relationship outside of circle. And it's, it's, it's as if circle is like this practice to, mm-hmm. to, to hold space, to listen, to, to share. And I feel like circle is such a big piece of what is going to help heal the world and help heal sisterhood wound the female wound the mother wound um is being in circle i mean there's a reason why women in circle has been banned for centuries is because there is just like what you're saying it is this power in Mm -hmm. witnessing and connecting and holding and Mm -hmm safety and just so much juicy yummy goodness Mm -hmm. and you know I will say that was actually one of my first experiences with you guys was the one of the moon rituals and I was like I knew as soon as I hopped on that thing you know Christina you started off like hand on your chest and you're like let's take a and I was like oh these are my people (laughs) (laughs) I was like I have arrived (laughs) And so that, you know, in saying that, maybe we can just talk a little bit around, like, what do the women get to experience being part of the community and in the sacred uprising? I mean, I think we've kind of talked about it a little bit so far, but, you know, for anyone who's listening that is like, yes, I'm done with the jealousy. I'm done with the betrayal I feel in some of these relationships. I'm ready for this. What are, what are some of these pieces that they really get to experience with you guys within this community? For me, it it all started where I just felt very comfortable sharing my truth with these women and feeling like there was zero judgment. And then going around the circle, everyone else who shows up at our plunges, let's start with that. They're just sharing such vulnerable things, but it's because they know that it's this safe space. So yeah, being able to gather with a large group of women feel safe, feel held with zero judgment. I just feel like everyone walks away feeling like they just rose. They're rising up at these events, but even online too, showing up for the moon circles that again, they get to experience these beautiful meditations and then share afterwards what came up for them and be heard or Mm -hmm. even just like be present they're experiencing all that juiciness of togetherness, mm-hmm. women gathering together, even if they, yeah, you're just stealing a moment in 
your bedroom with your door locked so you can get away from your kids for a second. (laughs) You feel like you've like gotten away for a second and it just, it gives you a boost for the rest of the week. Yeah, we actually start for our moon rituals. We actually started turning off the recording for shares at the end um, because what we were finding was that like we turn off the recording and then everyone would stay on afterwards because the mm-hmm. rituals are meant to be short. They're meant because we want women to know that they're doable. Mm-hmm. So we're like we keep them like 30 minutes. Like it's not meant to be this giant ceremony. It's just meant to like be really doable that you can stay consistent with. But we started turning off the camera and be like, okay, now what is everyone? What's what's on your hearts? What's going on? Mm-hmm. And um, and then that's where like juiciness really happens with it. So I feel like a big piece about with us is like having that container, mm-hmm. like the, the and Christina Love talks about this often, but like the container, the container is everything, and that's what the sacred uprising is. I feel like it's the container and it has its own soul. Like the sacred uprising definitely has its own soul and we're just guiding it. Like we're just meant to guide it. Like, but it's, it has that just beautiful container. What came through to such a big piece is collaboration. It touches on so many pieces here. This piece around collaboration, when we talk about sister wounds, when we talk about jealousy, when we talk about betrayal or not being good enough and yada, 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 keep going. Um, collaboration, it, it really, it brings us together and um, gives us an opportunity to support each other. I feel like there's enough competition. There's this idea that, you know, if you're doing that, then I can't, or I have to one up you, or, or I'm, you know, it, there's, or, or then I'm not good enough. Um, there's, there's so many pieces here. And when we can come together in collaboration and and shine together we rise and we all have we're all so unique and each one of us has such unique medicine to offer the world that there there is no possibility of competition because we're just so unique that that is just not even you know so it it's dismantling this idea that we need to compete with each other and really stepping into collaboration and the more we collaborate and support each other the more we realize that yes this is how we thrive collaboration is the way forward um and it heals sister wounds uh it heals so much and so what a big piece of the sacred uprising and what we're up to is is collaborating and allowing and offering this platform for other people who are have really beautiful medicine to share is you know having this platform to to share it which is i I love that christina i think that was probably one of the most expansive pieces in my journey was learning that like there's abundance and there's enough for everyone and i feel like once you can really wrap your head around understanding that you know whether that's through like quantum physics and then the whole the rest of it um i think it really allows you to begin to open to healing that that those kind of preconceived beliefs or notions around the jealousy competition uh that you know have been i think a bit like instrumentalized into our our culture for a specific reason as as christina mentioned earlier about banning women's circles and all of that stuff right i want to say too about the jealousy because it's you know it's interesting even when i think about my relationship with cass there are still moments where like she'll do something and i'm like oh like wow i want that right but then it's like 
maybe this is where meditation and self-awareness and reflection comes in. When I go inwards, it's because she's doing something that I see I want for myself or, or I can see a part of myself in her where I'm like, I can do that too. And And so, yeah. yeah. And, and so it's, I, I think it's all part of being human. We were just never taught what to do with it when it shows up, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a great point, Christina. And and one other piece I just want to, before we move on to the community piece as well, was um, Jacqueline, have you both sort of mentioned how in the um, sacred uprising, but also just like sisterhood in general and forging these deep, deep connections with, with women in your lives, you, you talked about actually the two basic needs that you'll hear tons of thought leaders, psychologists and neuroscience scientists talk about specifically in childhood, but it's just a huge, these are the two basic human needs, which is belonging, so there's the community piece, right? Typically in childhood, we think we need to belong to our parents, be accepted. And then authenticity, which is that speaking your truth piece, being vulnerable, feeling zero judgment. And it sounds like what you guys found in this container of the sacred uprising, but also within probably the deeper female relationships you've had along your journey, you actually get both of those needs met. And I think that is just so critical for listeners that Typically, I think we're born into these communities like, you know, that could be like our, our families or, you know, the, ki- the, the, the friends we went to school with and we think like that's our community and we have to kind of fit within that. And so that voice, that vulnerability piece is what gets sacrificed. But it's almost like, well, when you begin to step out of that and forge your own community of people that are aligned with you, you get both needs met. And then there is no self-sacrifice that has to happen. Um, And that's just, I think, beautiful. And I think when you can understand the impact that has on your life, I feel like you will naturally gravitate towards wanting both of those needs met and finding the containers in which they are. Mm, Yeah, you know what? And something just hit me as you said that is that we always talk about this is every time we have a gathering like or like one of our plunges or another we just like the three of us are in awe of watching like these women just elevate before our eyes mm-hmm. and it's so powerful and I, I'm just it's just hitting me as you're saying that it's like yeah because they're having their needs met at that moment yeah. they're getting like this safe space to be exactly who they want to be plus they're just like feeling seen and heard and in this community where like you are loved no matter what so I'm realizing that that's like probably one of the pivotal things that's helping helping these women just like elevate so much 100% I I it makes me think about when I took psychology classes and you look at like child psychology right and and it's they always said that the child who feels the safest is willing in a room to leave the mother and explore the room knowing that there are safe boundaries right and that versus the one that doesn't will stay right beside the mother. And so even just hearing you talk about the women in your community that go and do these plunges, these scary things, they feel safe with you guys to explore, to, to tap into this, this, this uncomfortable piece. And even with Tess, I think about myself, I'll do things where she'll be like, it's okay, you can do this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where I'm like, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> but there's something to be said about safety in relationships. It's when we feel truly safe, that's where we explore real freedom, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's pretty beautiful. Yeah, amazing. So I just want to pivot a little bit. We've talked a lot about sisterhood and, you know, the jealousy, sister wound coming together, what the sacred uprising offers to people within the membership that go to the in-person events. And one thing that I've noticed a lot just along my journey is within intimate partnership and and how 
important actually having a sense of community outside of partnership is. You know, a couple of things I think of, we I see a lot of women specifically who are like, oh, my husband, he doesn't connect with me enough, or he's not, you know, um, knowing what all my needs are. And I feel like women especially, but men as well, like we put a lot of uh, pressure on that one relationship in our life to meet all of these things for us. And I'd love to hear from you guys. Like, do you think that community and the support gained, whether that's in the sacred uprising or just these forging of deeper female friendships where we're not just clinking champagne glasses, but we're getting into the juicy stuff as, as I heard today. Do you think that that has an impact on then what we expect out of our partners and relationship and almost in a reprieving sense is where I'm going? I don't think that it takes away from it at all. and. It, Sometimes we'll hear a lot. There's, there's been a few people who have asked if they can bring their partners to our events or are we going to hold more events that are open to the whole family coming? And uh, we do host a couple of those. Mm-hmm. But, but we really want women to come to these on their own so that they can fill up their cups. So when they go back home to their family and their partner that they their their cups are overflowing with love and that it's already full so they're not expecting their partner to help fill that up because we are responsible to meet our own needs but uh one thing that I wanted to bring up in particular is it's it's so important to get away from our families just even for a couple hours to be among sisters to even try and heal all these sisterhood wounds that we're holding on to. How are we supposed to heal sisterhood wounds with our husbands or our partners? We can't. Mm-hmm. We need to be amongst women to to tackle that and to 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 get anywhere with that, or else they will always be there, and we won't be able to resolve it. We show up so differently in our our relationships with our sisters and our friendships than we do with our partners um, in a different kind of wild and free, um, vulnerable way to to process and be held in a different way that I don't think that our partners are ever meant to hold us in that way. Mm. And a sisterhood is so important um, to be able to express and work through and heal um, in that way. Yeah. Like Jacqueline said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, when you do forge those deeper relationships with another female, to, it's not just butterflies and yay, Ra, go you. I, I'm sure that there's also even between the three of you and like Christina and I can speak to that, like you hold each other accountable. And I think sometimes that's a role a partner has to tiptoe around, especially if, if, you know, the conflict or or area is with them, right? Uh, Whereas, you know, you could then go off to your, you know, sister and be like, this is what's going on. And maybe they actually like show a mirror to you like, okay, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Because I think very much when we're in heated dialogue or whatever it is, right? Like our ego takes over and it's it's them, them, mm-hmm. them, them. And I think in that trusted space, like we talked about before that trusted container, you might be a little bit more, you know, mm. open to receiving maybe the area you need to look at within yourself. And I think if you don't have that community or those support pillars outside of your, you know, whether that's marriage, partnership, whatever, 
it can be pretty detrimental then because you don't really have a sounding board. Mm. I was laughing there, Tess, because I I was imagining many conversations we've had where I'm like thinking in my head, she's just going to tell me what I need to hear right now. Like, <laughs> like she is going to side with me on this one. And then she'll be like, well, and I'm like, she's oh, right. <laughs> you know, and, and I think this is such an important piece to bring up is like, there is, a, I think there is a massive difference, especially in a sisterhood relationship where you turn to that person to, you know, bitch about maybe something going on in your partnership. And yeah, sometimes we do need to complain versus like, you know, that sister, that friend holding you accountable. And wow, mm-hmm. is that, that's such an important piece. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I find sometimes our partners are like my husband anyway, like his, he feels like his number one job is to keep me happy. And so he doesn't want to ruffle the feathers or bring up a hard truth or something like that, you know? And whereas, you know, when you have true sisterhood, like you, you're okay with like, you know, bringing up the harder (laughs) stuff or having those conversations. And sometimes when you're like, you're in a partnership, you have all of the other logistics going on. Like, especially if you have kids in there too, mm-hmm. like you have like the house and the kids and like, whether you're school, you know, like all of the things, I feel like that's a, that's a, it's a, it's a lot harder to also then like, when we steps outside into a sisterhood circle, it's like, we're creating this container and like clearing the air a little bit. Whereas yeah. trying to do that in a partnership while you have you know, a seven-year-old trying to show you a dragon picture at the same time (laughs) or like melting down. Like I it's, there's so much stuff that goes into that. Right. So I feel like there's, it's so important to have these separate containers to, to meet those, meet those needs for sure. And take a, like Jacqueline said, take a step away from that. Like sometimes such clarity happens when we take a step away from this. Mm-hmm. I realize I'm on a podcast and no one can see me doing that. <laughs> okay, so for all <laughs> listeners, basically, go and have time alone. You have been given <laughs> orders from the Authentically Wild yeah. podcast. All the moms out there who have mom yeah. guilt, lock yourself yeah. in the room, go hang out with a girlfriend. It's required. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And normalizing that for our kids to see that. Like, I feel like, especially our daughters, like that, it's like, I'm going, like my daughter comes down and helps me set up circle all the time. You know, she's comes and she witnesses like normalizing that. And now I'm like, okay, now it's time for you to go upstairs with daddy. We're normalizing that for our kids. Like how beautiful is that? Like I, you know, when we have moon rituals and the kids are popping in, like we see it on the zooms and the, and the kids are normal. Like we, that's something that three of us get really excited about is that we're normalizing these practices. That it doesn't seem woo-woo or weird that like mommy is setting up a circle with candles and we've got our like, you know, our sage sticks burning and whatever, like that's normal for her. Like how amazing is that, that that's, that that's being normalized for, for our babies. I love that so much. One time I had my father-in-law that was like, I'm going to go out, like meditate. He meant like, I'm going to go nap. And and my son who's four literally went and grabbed like my Palo Santo. I was like, you need this. Mommy uses this. And I was like, oh, wow. We're getting quite vulnerable right now with grandpa. Like, <laughs> But it is right. They're just these unfiltered little beings that, and I think that just shows you too, like as parents, like our role to teach them, like all these things to tap into that, because I think all of us probably, 
for the most part, we're not really shown that. And, and all those years, we kind of had to struggle and find it on our own. So that's a really mm -hmm. cool example, Heather. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Max took one mm -hmm. of his crystals to school today because he needed some grounding. Mm -hmm. He was sad that he had to go to school after the long week. And I said, well, let's pick one of your crystals. He's like, great idea, Mom. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so good. Yeah. My I son wears his on a necklace every day. Yeah. And he's like, where's my necklace? I need it. I'm like, I'll find your James. <laughs> Before we get into some wrap up questions for our listeners, just to end this off with this final question, we've talked a lot about sisterhood and the importance of that and building community outside. If there's listeners who are like, okay, how do I even go about doing this? Like, what are some practices um, that, you know, people could start with other than maybe we're going to get to in the wrap up, which is like, hey, join the Sacred Uprising. Uh, but like, what are some things you think that people can do uh, to begin building this sense of community and sisterhood within within their own lives? Um, yeah, I like Jacqueline already touched on this and like speaking more of your truth to like in terms of attracting it, attracting it like like you're right like you're when you're when you shine this light it's you know it becomes a beacon for others and we filter ourselves so much we mm -hmm. like we all do like and I'm still not even perfect at it I feel like and I I, I speak a lot <laughs> truth, but I, I still feel like I filter that and I feel like you know finding your people is just been such a gift over the last three years, but definitely something that's still, I, I feel like people are still awakening to, you know, with, and the more, and the more we just shine our light, the more those, the more our, our village, you know, starts forming around this. And, and that's definitely what I've seen. Um, some of the women that are like my closest friends right now have been because I said something super controversial on social media and they reached out and they were like, yes. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's awesome. And um and yeah, so it's I feel like I feel like that's a big piece around it. Or starting to like look for, you know, we'll we'll, we'll talk about what the if, if the sacred uprising is resonating with anyone listening, if they want we can share kind of how what that looks like. But if there's something that's speaking to your soul around, you know, like, oh my goodness, I'm super intrigued about foraging and I have no idea why, you know, or if I'm, I'm, I don't know, something's calling me to take a Spanish lesson and I am not, you know, like, it seems weird. I'm not, I don't even have a trip book. You know, like, I feel like those are like soul whispers that are just like kind of guiding you to like mm -hmm. take a Spanish class. You meet your new BFF beside you and it turns mm -hmm. out they have, the, you know, like she has this group or whatever. Like, I feel like those, when we, the more we answer those soul nudges, the more we just like find our community and, and, and get into alignment mm -hmm. with things like that. I love how you call them soul whispers. I sometimes <laughs> call them breadcrumbs, but yeah, that's that's really what it's about. And sometimes I have to, I'll, I'll think it and then I'll hear it a couple of times. I'm like, okay, universe, I, this is something I'm supposed to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just keep putting yourself out there too, because if you don't put yourself out there, you're going to go nowhere. Mm -hmm. You won't find anyone. And it is hard to go outside of our comfort zone and, and, and seek community. Um, but yeah, like Jacqueline said, speaking your truth and actually putting yourself out there. Um, and I see that with people who found their way to the sacred uprising is they, they're putting themselves out there and they're reaching out and they're asking. And I think that's a big thing too, is um, 
reaching out and it, it is uncomfortable. I think we've been conditioned to not reach out and not ask for support. And, um, but it's the, it's the only way that you will um, be able to find what you're looking for. Well, also showing up at any event, any circle, it doesn't even have to be ours, just showing up at anyone's event to mm-hmm. perhaps find your tribe. If it seems like it resonates or you're watching a group and it looks like it aligns, just go like as scary as it is to put yourself out there and you might be introverted like me, but like putting yourself out there to meet new people, you you never know who you might meet there. So yeah, just taking the chance, doing something that scares you, (laughs) go for it. I love all of those answers. And I think I just wanted to leave off with this one tidbit as well, that there's a lot of fear for people around losing like their, their existing community or existing relationships in order to go, you know, speak their truth or go to what's calling them. But I will say from experience, and I'm sure every one of us on this call could say it, it's like, I think it does a couple of things. One is the people that are meant to still stay in alignment with you, they'll actually rise up and it'll deepen your relationship with them and maybe create a whole new chapter you never even thought possible, like at a different depth. Two, it, it may clear out some people in your life that maybe have been friends forever, or maybe it's family, whatever it is. And it doesn't mean that they're a bad person or you're a bad person. It's just your lives aren't enmeshed right now. And that's okay. But what that does is it clears space for maybe that new BFF at a Spanish class and all of those, right? And so I think for anyone listening who's like, ooh, I really want to, but I'm so scared of like the judgment I'll, I'll hear, you know, because like as Jacqueline said, you can be all secretive, but then eventually like it's gonna kind of come out like this is me now and this is what I'm interested in. I, I think, you know, if you don't, you you begin to lose yourself. And, and that I think is the most detrimental thing that can happen. So I agree, keep speaking your truth and showing up and, and all of that. So hopefully that inspired people that are listening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, just maybe to, to wrap up, can you guys just tell us more about the Sacred Uprising membership? I think there's a couple different options. And, and if someone is interested in checking it out, uh, how, how they can get involved. So the Sacred Uprising is, you know, for women who are standing for freedom, unity, bodily autonomy, and just wanting to get sacred and woo-woo and thrive amongst the, you know, all of the stuff kind of going on. And so we talked a little bit about our membership that we have, which is on our website, uh, thesacreduprising.com. So you can check it out there in terms of seeing the different tiers that are that are there for you. Um, or just signing up for our email list is like a great way. We Something that we don't do actually is that we don't, to join our membership site, we don't just have like the link to join. Um, and that's just a way that that container is so sacred and special to all three of us that we wanted to make sure that anyone that was finding their way there was 100% sure about what they were signing up for. So, which is why we don't just have an invite link to join there. It's you sign up for our email list and we give a little bit of more information in there and then the link is in there. And it's just a way that we've decided. And we we keep getting told, they're like, oh my goodness, it'll grow so much faster if you just make it more available. But it's so important to the three of us that that container remains just a safe place for for women to speak their truths and to be in that in that 
space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, we do have our wild plunge that's happening. Yeah. Um, our next wild plunge is on um what's the date? The 22nd. April 22nd. 22nd. April 22nd. So that is a, a lot of mm-hmm. women who that is oftentimes their first gateway into the sacred uprising to come and check us out. Um, we do cap it at 50. We do. Um, and we uh, we always hit 50. So if you're thinking about coming, make sure you register. Uh, we cap it at 50 just to preserve some intimacy. And because the spot on the beach where we circle mm-hmm. just cannot fit more than 50 (laughs) and we want to make sure that we can can circle so that's a great way to see what we're all about if you're brand new to us and to see if we are aligned and then a lot of times if it is aligned more women will join the membership from there yeah I love how you say this piece how somebody can't just join until you know they've really it sounds like there is this um, process of of being intentional, and I think that speaks to the energy of authenticity in your community, you know. And so I just love, I just love how that's an extra piece there, and 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 also speaks to the sacredness of it, you know. Like if you're going to join this, take that extra step to really think it through and. And if you want to be part of this really beautiful container. So yeah, I just, I just love that that's an aspect. Well, I'm so glad that you guys joined us. You know, I just think that what you are offering to the world, to women, to mothers, um, is just so necessary with where we're at right now. And, and truly the crumbling of so many different structures in our society and this new foundation that. I think collectively we get to build and also individually what you guys are doing really provides so much, you know, so much beauty in this new foundation we get to create. So I'm really glad that we get to share some of your magic with the world. Um, And yeah, if, if you, if you are a listener and you're wanting to find out more about the sacred uprising, you can find them at their website. Is it the sacred uprising.com? Yep. And also on social media on Instagram at the sacred uprising. Yes. If you want to find out more, you can find them there as well. If you need to get a hold of Tesserai, you can find us on social media at her unearthed or at Christina.soulempowered. And yeah, we thank you ladies for being on the pod. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is our first podcast. (laughs) We did it. And remember, if you like this episode, share it, share it, share it, share it, share it, share it. Yes. (laughs)